This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain here. You caught me just finishing up some editing on Getting Real with John and Beth. I want to share my first experience with Factor Meals for you. I think you'll find this interesting because I bet the same thing happens to you. I had just received my first shipment from Factor Meals the other day, and I was excited to try one of the prepared restaurant-quality meals for myself. Anyway, I was working away and noticed it was very late, and it was my night to make dinner. I jumped up and headed to the kitchen, went to grab the ingredients for the dish I was going to make, and realized I was missing a prime ingredient. Well... I could make a run to the store, or I could make one of my new factor meals. <laughs> Actually, the choice was easy. I grabbed a cavatappi, an Italian-style pork ragu with garlic broccoli, heated the oven per instructions, and minutes later was enjoying a very delicious, nutritious, and dietitian approved meal. It really was everything factor meals said it would be. No prep, no mess meals. Factor meals are 100% ready to heat and eat. Take it from me and head to factormeals.com slash pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. That's factormeals.com slash Pantheon50 and use the code Pantheon50 to get 50% off. Hey, I'm Paul Stevenson and this is VRP Rocks, the ultimate classic rock podcast that says that my music is better than yours. Make sure to subscribe to VRP Rocks on your podcast app right now so you don't miss a single episode. They come out each Monday and always feature big name rock stars that found fame in the 60s, 70s or 80s. If you're a new listener, check back through the catalogue. There's an awful lot of interviews for you to enjoy and loads of stars telling me their amazing stories from their legendary careers. Now, today's episode sees the return of a guest, and that's why I call it Side 2. Roger Earl is a drummer with such a rich history, and if you haven't checked out the first interview I did with him, then look out episode 38 of VRP Rocks. That's 38. You're going to hear stories about him auditioning for Jimi Hendrix, his time in Savoy Brown, Foghat, of course, then Monster Anthem, Slow Ride, Fall for the City, Moving to America, and much, much more. It is well worth a listen. Now, the reason I've got him back is to discuss Foghat's new album. Now, I actually did this interview with Roger well before Christmas, but this is the first chance I've had to actually get it out as a podcast. The band's new album, the first new studio release they've put out for seven years, is called Sonic Mojo. And, well, what a success it's been. It topped the US Billboard Blues chart. It's their first Billboard chart topper in, what, a 50-year career or something. The album itself features original songs, some covers, and some songs that were written by the great Kim Simmons, Roger's good friend and former bandmate from Savoy Brown. And sadly, Kim passed away in 2022. So that's the reason I wanted to get Roger back, that and the fact that he's a lot of fun. He's, uh, well, very quirky, that's probably a word to describe him, and he loves talking about blues. He's a rock star who appreciates being a rock star. He understands his privilege, which makes him very relatable. He loves music, and you get that from listening to him. So here you go. Please enjoy this chat with Foghat's Roger Earl. Let's start with a the name then, Roger. I mean, Sonic Mojo, where did that come from? Um, I'm going to read to you now. Sonic, an adjective, a frequency 
within the audibility range of the human ear of waves and vibrations. Good vibrations. Mojo. It's a noun. A charm or amulet thought to have magic powers. So I guess there is um, magic in the music, something like that. Fantastic. So who came up with the name then? Where did it come from? Actually, I think Mojo came from Scott Holt, our singer. And Sonic, I think our manager said it. She's very bright. In fact, she did all the artwork. I mean, it's not just, you know, a pretty cover. She's not just a pretty cover either. She is. But look, stories about people that work for Fogcat, people that work with Fogcat. Without these people, Fogcat would not exist because actually we have a great team uh road crew is like absolutely the best um the band has a blast on stage we're real bandmates there's no sort of uh, no issues no egos or anything you know i i realize how fortunate i am to, to play in a rock and roll band it's like careful what you wish for uh <laughs> um now life is good and we have our own studio down in deland florida you know, January, February, March. I live in New York as my home base, but uh, I also live down at the studio as well. And January, February, March, I head south. And then we start recording and having a good time. We change the set list around. Uh, we add four or five different songs to the set. Um, this is our 17th studio album. I know, it's incredible. So we, and so we go. We have a lot of stuff to pick from. There's probably six or seven songs that we'll always play, which is fine by me. Yeah, so, no, I I love what I do. We haven't come, been to the UK. No. I, I have, um, you know, a couple of really good friends that I grew up with when I was going to school. We stayed in touch. I have a brother. I have my oldest daughter lives there and granddaughter, cousins, nieces, nephews. Apparently, we have some fans there, too, <laughs> even though they've never seen us. I what know. A, my favourite show, you see that? Detroit City is oh so pretty. It's not really that pretty, but we have to we have to support the union workers so they get paid properly. Uh, actually, Detroit is one of my favourite cities. It was the first city that actually, when I was in Savoy Brown back in uh, 60, 69, I think, was the first time we came here, and like, Detroit was the first city that like went embraced Foghat. We uh actually no Savoy Brown, sorry. And like up to that point we'd been like fumbling around from show to show. We got to Detroit and I think everybody sort of gained a bit of confidence. Did three encores that night. So I said, Detroit City, I love this place. Yeah. People in Detroit. Fantastic. Well, we'll have to get the UK thing sorted out. But coming back to Sonic Mojo, then um, the, the the record itself it's out now, and we, we we've seen it displayed very very nicely a few times on screen, which um, I'm sure you're going to do again for us before the end. Um, as you said, it's your 17th studio album. It's been seven years since the last one, though. So so why did it feel like it was the right time to to get back in and and record again? We stopped being lazy and decided to finish up uh, the project. Um, now, what happens, is, you know, because the band, we're basically in charge. Um, Brian Bassett, our lead and slide guitar player, is the producer and engineer. So there's just the four of us in the room. 
And um, it just takes a while because then we had actually recorded every like early winter, you know, January, February, March, that time. We get down there and we start recording. And then uh, it was pointed out to us that we hadn't had anything out in about four or five years. Uh, COVID, like I said, like put a bit of a dent in stuff. We stopped doing everything. I didn't stop doing everything during COVID. I went fishing and was able to re eat the vegetables in my garden instead of letting the deer and the rabbits eat it. But that's another story. <laughs> this is the first Foghat album with Scott Holt. Yes. So, he did, in fact, play on our previous studio album, Under the Influence. He played on four songs. I think he sang on three of the songs. So um, he's been around for, since 2014, actually. And when our lead singer, Charlie Hewn, decided to retire two years ago, fortunately, we I was in the studio writing with Scott. And uh, I said, OK, so you want to sing? And he went, <laughs> um, uh, it's worked out great. Scott Holt had learned his craft. He was with Buddy Guy's band for 10 years. And so, you know, the boy can play and sing. Mm -hmm. uh, and I got a chance to beat Buddy Guy a number of times as well. That was, uh, oh, we're supposed to talk about Sonic Mojo, Roger. No, I want to talk about Buddy Guy. Um, I met him a number of times. Um, uh, the Memphis Blues Awards. Uh, I was fortunate enough to one uh, one year to be a pro uh, presenter there, and Buddy Guy was winning. He won best record, best song, best guitar player. And my co-person with me said, "Buddy Guy play piano." No, he'd have probably won that if he did. <laughs> Stop talking about Buddy Guy. No. I but guy, in my estimation, is one of the greatest blues guitarists and entertainers ever. Um, and I was fortunate enough to have met him a number of times and um, an absolutely incredible man. What is he, 87, 88 now? Do it, he claims he's doing his final tour. I don't think so. Buddy Guy is one of those folks that will uh, roll and rock the blues until the day he departs. And... He's got a wonderful sense of humor and his guitar playing is as fantastic as ever. In fact, the first time I got to play with Buddy Guy was actually over here in the States, 1969. Savoy Brown opened up for <clears throat> Buddy Guy and the Jay Giles band in Boston. We wrote, Savoy Brown was on first. Then the Jay Giles band came on and they were just incredible. I mean, an incredibly tight band. What's the term? Tires a duck's ass and that's water tight. Oh, sorry about that. The lowering the whole tone of the thing. Uh, uh, I do apologize in advance for the next one. No. Um, and Buddy Guy was closing the show. And I think we all realized in Savoy Brown, we had a long way to go before we ever get close to these two. But Buddy Guy was absolutely incredible. He's singing, he's playing. His presence on stage, um, you know, guitar over here and around here, he was absolutely – I remember it to this day. Will you please talk about Sonic Mojo, Roger? Um, <laughs> actually, there's a, song, there's a song on here that Buddy Guy used to do, Let Me Love You, Baby, written by Woody Dixon. 
of course. And uh, uh, yeah, I love playing that song. And Scott is absolutely brilliant on it. Um, she's a little bit of everything. Kim Simmons, um, obviously, he was he gave me my first real job in a band. Yeah. 1967, I think I joined Savoy Brown. <clears throat> and um, for the last 10 years or so, Kim would do a number of dates. Uh, Savoy Brown, I should say, did a number of dates with Falcat over here in the States because we had the same agency. And uh, so I would get up and join Kim and Kim would get up and join Falcat. <clears throat> we were doing a show in um, the Arcada Ballroom or rather club in Chicago. This is about six years, six or seven years ago. And Kim said, you know, I'd, I'd, I'd really like to write some songs for Falcat. And I, and I said, that would be fine as long as you're going to play on them. <laughs> so, but unfortunately, um, Kim passed away last December, but he sent me four tracks uh, with his, uh, it was him singing and guitar. And I think it was like to a click track or a drum track. But um, we recorded three of them on our new album. Hold on. Sonic Mojo. <laughs> um, She's a Little Bit of Everything. It was one of the songs that Kim wrote for us. Um, of course, we changed it a little bit. Um, it was actually written about Kim's wife, Debbie. Though Debbie refutes that, but we think it's about Debbie. So we... Do that. Um, it must drive. be nice just 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 dropping in there, Roger. It must be nice um, knowing that you've got um, a little bit of Kim on that record. He, as you said, he sadly passed. So it must be nice to to to, to know that you've got something of his on on this new record that's out as well. Hey, Pantheon listeners, Christian Swain again with something every podcast listener and music junkie needs to hear. As I'm sure you can guess, I listen to a lot of podcasts. I also listen to a lot of music, so having high-quality headphones and earbuds are absolutely critical to my day. Oh, and I have numerous pairs. In fact, I have a junk drawer of used devices that have bitten the dust, so I've tried them all. Recently, I was sent a pair of earbuds by Raycon, and the first thing I noticed was the cost. Uh, looks like their products are about half the price of other premium brands. Okay, that's cool. And the reviews seem pretty stellar. Okay, checks that box. So I got my Raycon Everyday Earbuds, a nice packaging to open, and what I immediately noticed were the pack of ear tips for sizing. Uh, I'll tell you, I have small ear canals. Uh, I know, a flaw. So to see choices for the best fit, uh, especially while exercising, <laughs> oh yeah. And yes, they were immediately comfortable. Sound quality was great too. Plus I have three EQ options that I love because I like more bass in my music and less in the podcasts. Eight hours of playtime for the battery is great as well. Surround sound, noise cancelling, and awareness mode all included. I think I'm in business, and I just realized I've had them in all day. Like I said, super comfortable. Go to buyraycon.com slash pantheon today to get 20% off your Raycon order plus free shipping. That's right. You'll get 20% off and free shipping at buyraycon.com slash pantheon. Yeah, it is. It's um, Kim and I became real. We actually, when I was in Savoy Brown, Kim and I—I I don't think we ever had a crossword. We always wow. got on well. 
Um, and there, and even if we weren't sort of talking or traveling in a van, there was always a comfortable silence. And there's a player, he was absolutely brilliant. And um, I think, I know he enjoyed playing with me. We had uh, we had some really good times together, actually. Kim gave this to me, uh, my oh. birthday present. Yeah, he's, uh, he became quite an artist. Anyway, um, yeah, it does mean a lot. And uh, he was a brilliant blues guitar player. And the last 10 years or so of his life, he was putting out a record every year. I mean, and writing all the material. Uh, he became prolific. Is doesn't even begin to cover it. Uh, I, on the other hand, maybe write half a dozen songs a year if I'm lucky, <laughs> and I need a lot of help from my friends to finish it. But uh, it's really it's a lot of fun making music. I think that's the reason I got into music in the first place. I wanted to play drums in a band. It's fine sitting down like banging stuff and kicking stuff and crashing stuff but playing in a band is like that's where you really get your kicks i mean it's i i still get chills sometimes from when we're playing up there and like you can hear everybody it's uh you know i'm one of those fortunate bastards who gets to earn a decent living at something i love doing yes careful what you wish for <laughs> i mean it must be wonderful just just speaking about kim again now i mean to to have not had a crossword so much over what 50 60 years of knowing him i mean take me back to the beginning when you when you first met what was it like when when you first two got together then i mean obviously you must have hit it off quite quite quickly uh well actually when i when i first auditioned for the band it was in a pub battersea yeah the nags head i didn't get the job the first time uh but i actually i might have to th thank Lowson and dave for this apparently he said, well, but that bloke with the image, I don't know what that meant. <laughs> uh, anyway, I, I came back a second time, about a month or so later. Uh, apparently, the, the drummer they picked, it didn't work out. He couldn't play a shuffle. Can't play a shuffle. What are you doing in a blues band? I mean, everybody's got to like, you know. Anyway, uh, so I come back down. I borrowed Dad's car. Uh, I, I was a commercial artist. I worked in central London, just off Tottenham Court Road. And uh, so I come there. I'm there for like two and a half hours going through all these tunes. So I, um, it appeared that it was over. Then I start breaking down my drums. And somebody comes up to me and says, where are you going? I said, oh, I'm going back to work. I have a day job. They said, no, you're not. We're playing in Birmingham tonight. <laughs> so that was the start. I didn't get paid for the first six weeks or so. <laughs> wow. Yeah, uh, I would occasionally go into the office. It was the same agency that uh, the band I was in was uh, using. And I'd say to the manager, Harry Simmons, I said, Harry, you know, I haven't got paid yet. Um, this is after a couple of weeks. We did about three or four dates a week. And he said, you haven't got paid yet, Boyle? Oh, we'll see about that then. So this went on for about six weeks. You know, my day job is starting to, like, look a little shaky, you know. I'm coming out in like looking like the, something the cat dragged in, and uh, I come. I say I get in the office and I'd say, "Yeah, uh, sorry guys, uh, you know I'm, uh, it was the bus. I'm a bit late." They said, "Played in Newcastle last night, didn't you, Rog?" <laughs> <laughs> anyway, after about six weeks, I think I got my first paycheck, twelve pounds fifty. Oh wow! Hey, I'm a professional musician, and eventually I had to give up my day job. 
for £12.50 a week. I was earning considerably more than that then. But I'm a professional musician. I get paid for my work. <laughs> fabulous stuff, fabulous stuff. Now, back to Sonic Mojo. I mean, you've mentioned Scott. He, um, he'd he said that the, the album was recorded under uh, battle conditions, I think is what he, he termed it, because especially for you, because you'd injured yourself, hadn't you, prior to recording? Uh, drummers are always injuring them. <laughs> uh, I've had work done my hands, through this, through here, through here. Uh, clavicle, I fell off the stage one time, broke my back twice, uh, knee surgery, toe surgery. It was actually my left shoulder. Uh, we'd done it, this was back in the winter, and we just played a show over in Connecticut, and we drove back to Long Island where I live. And there's like three feet of snow in the yard. Couldn't get to the house. So I start shoveling snow. And the, the whole shoulder like dropped down here. And I, this muscle was sort of around my elbow. <laughs> so, uh, I couldn't get, get the surgery done at the time. Actually, somebody, it was a struggle trying to find somebody to actually do the surgery. So uh, what I did was I used a athletic tape, and what you do is you put it down here, and then you drag the muscle back up on top. And uh, pain? What pain? I felt no pain. <laughs> I got so hard. It hurt. <laughs> uh, and you recorded uh, the album before the surgery, then? Yes, before the surgery, <laughs> I was all taped up. Um, I was good for about three hours, and it would start to. Uh, be a nuisance, impingements. Um, basically, but when you're playing, it's it's all in the wrist anyway. But you know, if you start doing you know stuff like that, it's like uh, great surgeons over here. I went to see this surgeon who takes care of like sports injuries. Uh, you know, baseball player, basic basketball players, baseball players, boxers, uh, runners, anybody who's doing anything serious, and. Uh, I had to sort of keep it immobile for about two weeks. Then I had to do light sort of stuff, but um, it's fine. Um, <laughs> but I've got band-aids all over my body. <laughs> Mary, Jane, June, and uh, no, that was a, another time. <laughs> yes, indeed. Um, just a quick question about the new album. It's something I like to ask people because it kind of puts them on the spot. But yeah. what's your favourite track from this new album then? I don't know that I have a favourite. I can tell you the ones that I really, really like. It's actually the first the first two songs. first one is She's a Little Bit of Everything, which Kim and the band co-wrote. Uh, that's probably... we uh, And we're actually playing that on stage regularly now. And the second song, I Don't Appreciate You. Uh, Scott has a record store down in um, Columbia, Tennessee, and he's a huge fan of vinyl. And um, he was listening to a whole bunch of punk songs, The Pistols, and, and and that whole era. I mean, I heard it too. They were only rock and rollers, just a different name. And anyway, he was listening to a bunch of punk songs. I wrote the lyrics for I Don't Appreciate You. It's I Don't Appreciate You. I Don't Appreciate The Way You Walk. Don't Appreciate The Way You Talk. I Don't Appreciate Your Self-Entitled Attitude. I Don't Appreciate You. But Scott changed the number of the lyrics that I had. Mine were probably a little bit too blue. 
<laughs> radio and TV. Not that I get much TV anyway. Um, so it was, um, it's about uh, somebody that you really dislike. It may be an, an ex-girlfriend, an ex-boyfriend, depending on your want. Um, certainly a politician or two would come into that. <laughs> uh, so you don't appreciate. Scott introduces it as the most polite fu song we've ever written <laughs> so that those two are probably no no see now i've got a third fight favorite as well are we am i allowed to have three favorites yeah of course you are roger all right but i've actually got 11 <laughs> <laughs> there you go and you keep showing us i mean let's see it one more time because this is now available on all the usual places but as as we can see you can get it on this fantastic vinyl and it's not just regular vinyl it's 180 gram purple neon vinyl I mean, stories as well I mean, it's not just like you know pictures of the band it's stories um actually uh we've been trying to get to the uk for a couple of years now maybe we can get there next year um I would like to play in my uh, home of my birth. I grew up in southwest London, Hounslow, and uh, then central London. And then I moved out to Wallingford in Oxfordshire. And then I left for the US. This is, you know, one of the beauties about the US, this is the land of music, or where, for me anyway, where it was born. You know, first of all, you, you had the blues. And they, when they drafted, dragged the Africans out of Africa. And then we got jazz, bebop, rock and roll, uh, country music, uh, gospel music. And there's this wonderful amalgamation of these. I think it's, I think it's one of the things that highlights this country, my adopted home. Without music, life would be a mistake. And, and, and I think America or American musicians or music still influences like the rest of the world to some degree. I know it did for me, you know, growing up, listening to Little Richard, uh, Jerry Lee Lewis, uh, Chuck Berry. Uh, we'd all be out of work if it wasn't for Chuck. <laughs> uh, you know, chess records. I mean, I would draw every time I would like put that on my record player. But um, yeah, life is good. Life is good. And we're going to hope to come to the uk this summer um so any of you promoters out there will play for free no don't say that roger well we would but we <laughs> paid for traveling <laughs> indeed indeed and in talk you talk about playing because you you still play live an awful lot i've looked on your website and you've got dates right through to i think april or something at the moment haven't you yeah uh we do about 60 or 70 shows a year mostly in the u.s uh um we probably do half a dozen in Canada. We go, we do some festivals down in Mexico. Uh, I love going to Mexico. Mexico is a really cool place to go to. Um, but uh, yeah, we want to come to the UK. We played the Sweden Rock Festival two or three times. That's not the UK, Roger. I know that. <laughs> uh, we did play a date in Germany, played a date in Belgium, but that's not enough. Uh, so uh, yeah, we would love to come there. I've got some really good friends uh, that I grew up with that are still there. Wonderful stuff. And uh, Sonic Mojo, as we said, is available. The best place to have a look for it is on foghat.biz. That's that's the band's website where you can get to buy things and you can see things. It, it's got autograph stuff and loads of other things on there, isn't there, Roger? Yeah, fog, actually foghat.com 
Foghat.com should lead you to everything. Uh, we make wine as well. You can't have that. We're not allowed to ship wine to uh, the UK. What is wrong with that? Wine is the one thing that everybody enjoys and like you can, you can talk and share a glass of wine or I occasionally have two or three. But and, and they, they make it so hard to like, you know, ship stuff around. Why is that? Why is it so difficult? Maybe they don't drink. These people don't drink wine. No, it's not your fault. I know that. <laughs> but we can get records, can't we? Uh, we certainly can. We certainly can. And we'll be getting Sonic Mojo. Everyone will be getting Sonic Mojo now. Well, Roger, it's been an absolute pleasure chatting with you for this last half an hour or so. Uh, best of luck with this record and best of luck with the Band-Aids that are keeping your body together and best of luck with the touring. And, and let's hope that you come to the UK and we can come and see you. Actually, it's been a pleasure talking to you, Paul. Hopefully one of these days we'll get a chance to meet, yeah? Yes, absolutely. I look forward to that. There you go, the entertaining Roger Earl there. If you haven't checked out that new record, Sonic Mojo, then definitely do so. As I said earlier, it hit the top spot on the Billboard Blues chart and got a lot of great reviews. American Songwriter gave it four out of five stars. Classic Rock said it's an album that could have appeared any time since 1971. And if you like your fancy vinyls as well, then it's a beautiful purple one that you can get. It's a treat for any collection. And again, please do check out the first interview I did with Roger where he talks about all his career, and that's on episode 38 of VRP Rocks. But that's it for this week's episode then. Make sure to subscribe to VRP Rocks on your podcast app so you get all the future episodes released every single Monday with a big name classic rock star every single time. Please leave VRP Rocks a five-star review on that podcast app that you use because it makes a really big difference. Check out the VRP Rocks YouTube channel and social media channels too. But until next week's episode then, take care. What would you do to achieve the American dream? The big house, the happy family, the money. 911, what's your emergency? Would you put in the hours? Would you take a big swing? What's the problem? What's the problem? Would you lie? Would you cheat? Would they shop? Would they shop? Would you kill? Yes. <laughs> My mom is dead. My mom is right there. From Airship. The studio behind American Scandal comes a new true crime history podcast. I'm Jeremy Schwartz, and I'll be taking you inside the minds of some of our most notorious felons and outlaws, exploring the dark side of the American dream. In my new show, American Criminal, you'll meet the picture-perfect brothers who killed their parents, the thief who stole babies, the crypto king who siphoned off billions and plenty more. From assassins and gangsters to killers and con artists, whatever the case, whoever the criminal, you don't know the full story until now. Don't miss the debut season of American Criminal, The Menendez Brothers, beginning February 29th. Listen wherever you get your podcasts or to get early ad-free access to the entire season first, plus hundreds of other ad-free history podcast episodes, subscribe at intohistory.com.